Um, but if we were to focus on professionalism, then education is just an absolutely key part of that. And I don't mean upfront qualifications alone, but also the idea of this continuous professional education. Welcome to the Fintier podcast. Today, uh, I'm really pleased to have uh, Chris Whitehead, Fintier CEO and uh, uh, Managing Director for the past uh, almost five years. Probably by the time most of you get to listen to this, uh, Chris will no longer be uh, uh, our CEO. But uh, I thought this was a good opportunity to catch up, um, uh, see what's been happening um, as a way of looking forward. Uh, Chris, welcome. Uh, how are you? Thanks very much, Lewis. Uh, yeah, very well. And uh, yeah, in fact, uh, six years with Finzia, which was a little longer than I originally anticipated, but it's been a lot of fun, uh, lots of challenges, um, but you know, great to work with uh, you know, wonderful members and a great team. But let's start off and, and uh, on this recap with uh, you know, what motivated you to, uh, to take the role? Uh, very much driven by a desire to, I guess, give back and also address what I thought were, you know, real challenges in financial services. Having worked through the last sort of 20 years and being through the GFC, in fact, uh, you know, I have to describe, I had a front row seat. I was actually working in the UK at the time of the GFC and very much saw the impact on customers, on staff, and, uh, of course, shareholders and, and other stakeholders and, you know, I, I felt that there was a, a vacuum in terms of support for professionalism in financial services. I felt that it sat behind a lot of the issues that created the GFC. And here in Australia, post-GFC, whilst, uh, you know, we didn't have the same kind of uh, impacts as many other countries, uh, we had all kinds of reputational issues and challenges. And uh, at the time I joined Finzia, uh, there was uh, this very strong push for a royal commission. Yeah, I mean, um, that sat right in the middle, I suppose, of your, of your tenure here. But, but already there were, you know, uh, as you say, there was, a, there was notable, really poor outcomes for customers. Um, Fins here as, a, as a, a role model for professionals. How did you see its it, it, it perception? in the industry at the time you joined? Well, to be very frank, I, I felt things that had uh, lost a lot of visibility and a lot of uh, impact uh, in, in, in the industry. And, uh, you know, won't reach back into history as to kind of why that occurred, but I felt that there was, as I say, a vacuum that uh, Finzi hadn't really stepped up uh, into that role of supporting professionalism. I think uh, uh, since the exit from education, which uh, Finzi made, uh, quite a few years previously, it had lost sight a little of its own purpose. A little ironic, given I think a big part of the challenge the industry faced was a similar loss of uh, uh, clarity on purpose. And was that one of the, the key drivers for strategy then? You know, um, it, it has been one of the, the big um, initiatives, it, you know, has been the return to education. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I, I couldn't see how Finzia could really contribute. Uh, if it didn't, if it wasn't involved in education, uh, at the time I joined, there was perhaps a little bit of a debate about you know whether we were a professional body or whether we were a membership organisation. Uh, to me, there was no doubt. I, I saw us as a body that was there to support professionalism. Uh, member organisations, you know, there are many of those, and there's 
you know, golf clubs and all kinds of, you know, social organisations and so on. I, I didn't think membership alone, alone was enough. Um, but if we were to focus on professionalism, then education is just an absolutely key part of that. And I don't mean upfront qualifications alone, but also the idea of this continuous professional education, uh, CPD. And uh, yeah, I felt Finzi just wasn't doing enough in that space. And since the uh, exit from education, really wasn't attracting uh, new members. And, and, and that was a fundamental issue as well. It was losing relevance as much because uh, there was, if you like, a virtuous uh, connection between you do education, you join a professional body, and for the next 30 years, you do your CPD there. That connection had been broken. And uh, so education, I saw it as absolutely key for the strategy and reestablishing the connection between sort of education commencing in the industry uh, and that commitment to an ongoing professional development. And I mean, how has that gone? Can we, you know, um, if, you know, before moving on to other things, it, 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 I think that you, you know, you've noted that the, you know, Finzia's um, funding was, was that there was a, a template before then. And, and how does it stand now? Look, it's changed dramatically. There's still more to do. So I certainly don't want to say job done. But for instance, when I joined, uh, Finzia's revenue was 96% membership fees and members were, Uncertain what they were getting for that, quite frankly. And um, uh, now that sits more like uh, 40% of the income comes from membership uh, and the uh, remainder largely comes from education. So it's changed Finzi's financial position dramatically. That's taken a big investment in programs, uh, but obviously that augurs well for the future, that, that additional significant source um, of revenue. And as I say, the uh, also the... You know, the benefit that those who do graduate the education, uh, one hopes that many of those will become members and uh, provide further support in that way. So uh, we've made good progress in that regard. So in terms of industry impact, I'm delighted that we've had over 10,000 people enroll in Finzia professional qualifications, over 4,000 graduate. They're great numbers from a standing start. We were absolutely a startup in education five years ago. So I'm very pleased with that, but uh, uh, it represents uh, less than 5% of the uh, industry population. So there's a long way to go, a lot yeah. more to do. I mean, um, it, it is interesting, isn't it? And I, I was going to say, um, were there any comments about people um, supportive or otherwise at the beginning when you, you know, revealed that strategy? Uh, generally, I think people were very supportive. The biggest challenge we've had is, uh, you can only obviously uh, do these things in stages, particularly given the investment in program development. And so the concern from a lot of members has been that it's been very banking focused. And one, uh, on one hand, that's you know, quite unapologetic in terms of perhaps that's where the greatest you know, vacuum and, and, and opportunity and need uh, was established. But I'm very conscious that uh, uh, you know, our securities heritage, in fact, our education uh, heritage in particular, comes from the Securities Institute, and we do have to broaden out our education offerings. Uh, we do have some more generic programs in areas such as risk management, cybersecurity, climate, climate risk, and so on, that do cover financial services broadly. But we'd like to do more in the security space. So that's probably uh, one area that uh, uh, there's definitely a lot more to do. Obviously, you know, there's always a lot more to do, isn't there? But, yeah, um, absolutely. Uh, you know, with, are there any that, um, 
uh, the initiatives that we've seen uh, that you're particularly proud of that you're you know you'd highlight I think um, you know along the way certainly I think uh, the uh, programs we've done jointly with the chartered banker the fact that those are specifically designed for Australia and for New Zealand they're localized uh, highly relevant and I don't think the numbers speak themselves we're talking about uh, thousands of people and we're now starting to I think see a uh, you know, a, a growing awareness, you know, of that and the benefits and the impact that that can have. So, uh, yeah, I'm certainly very proud of uh, not launching programs, but of people finishing programs, passing exams, uh, and being proud of working in financial services, proud of uh, the contribution they make and proud of their own professionalism. Uh, that, to me, is uh, uh, the greatest buzz and uh, the thing that I constantly uh, enjoy hearing from people that... Uh, it's changed their, their, their self-perception as much as anything and their sense of personal responsibility. Um, we, we mentioned, you know, the Royal Commission, that, you know, that was looming on the horizon when you started and we, it, we, we've gone through that, you know, before we, we, we could <laughs> say anything else. You know, we're, the bushfires and, and um, the, the drought and, and then, then COVID came. Uh, and to, to some extent, you know, um, I'd certainly read a lot and, and get the perception that you know banking um, as an industry did step up to the plate uh, at that time. Again, it's not to, to rest on laurels, but where, where do you see the perception of the industry now? I think it's certainly improved from where it was, and that uh, uh, to some extent, perhaps that is a direct consequence of the Royal Commission that there was this realization. Uh, that the industry had really, uh, you know, sort of wandered away from its uh, purpose. So um, I think it is in a much better position than it was. Um, but, uh, you know, it's unfortunate we had to go through the Royal Commission. From a, a purely Finzia perspective, uh, you know, it has certainly slowed us down, I think. Uh, when I first joined Finzia Report Forward, the strategy of really embracing education again um, I thought we would go faster, and I do feel the Royal Commission created something of a hiatus itself, even though it highlighted uh, many of the challenges of professionalism. It actually uh, slowed some of our progress, and uh, you know, COVID and so on since has not helped uh, at all. So we're probably behind uh, where I would like to have been and where we originally sort of set the goals uh, five years ago. And, and given that, then, where, where do you see the... Um the challenges and the opportunities, not just for Fincia, but for Fincia members over the next you know, months and, uh, and years? What, what should we see happen? I think there's this constant debate between, you know, it is, you know, what parts of financial services are actually representative profession? I don't believe anyone in financial advice uh, would believe that there has not been significant benefit uh, from the reform of financial advice and the very clear acceptance, realisation that financial advice is a profession and the consequent uh, management of areas such as conflicts of interest, the clarity around purpose uh, and the focus on the customer, recognising uh, the impact that financial advice have on someone's lives. I still find it disappointing and quite remarkable that in other areas of financial services, there is still a debate as to the need for professionalism and the need for similar focus on customer outcomes. And challenges still uh, remain, and indeed uh, new challenges emerge. I think if one looks at, for instance, the growth of 
buy now, pay later, and some of the payday lending type uh, products, uh, you know, there are you know, still uh, uh, many opportunities for customer harm from financial services. And um, uh, I think that, uh, you know, as we've seen, regulation alone uh, cannot, you know, address all of those uh, uh, challenges and all those threats. I, I agree. I think it's something that um, in, a, in a slightly different form I'd seen back in the UK um, and with, with the potential for problems, but also it's been a, it's a seen as a, as a great opportunity for many in financial services, isn't it? Uh, but again, it, it highlights that need for professionalism, doesn't it? Yeah, I, I think one of the challenges also is uh, the perception of, you know, who is in financial services and who needs to understand you know, financial services and, and, and the context, the big picture of uh, what we do. And again, you know, I, I think the risk is that this is seen far too narrowly. Uh, the reality is that most customer interactions now are electronic. And, you know, the front line, if you think about the front line, are now, you know, our IT organisations, our product design organisations, so many others, you know, who would have been seen in the past as sort of back office support roles, they're actually... You know, they are the front line. And I find it incredible that organisations argue that uh, people in those roles uh, don't require uh, an understanding, a deep understanding of financial services and purpose and so on. My own background was in uh, information technology uh, previously, and I always emphasised to the team when I was uh, CIO in a couple of banks that the value add came from their knowledge of banking as much as from their knowledge of IT. Uh, and I find it very disappointing that it isn't uh, you know, accepted that regardless of the role you play in financial services, uh, uh, an organisation, uh, that you need to understand uh, the purpose, the constraints, the uh, responsibilities, uh, and have an understanding of the, you know, the ethical aspects um, of what you do and the impacts of what you do on customers and society more broadly. Yeah, I certainly remember um, touching on that with um, and conversations about designing algorithms for apps and getting them wrong and, uh, and why having that uh, overview um, was, was, was crucial. So, yeah, I, I can understand that. We touched on some of the, you know, the overview of, uh, of what's happened. I did want to ask, you know, is there any one big high point that, you'd, um, that, you, that you recall along the way? Yeah, I think it would be uh, the summit we ran uh, a couple of years, uh, you know, into my tenure, which uh, you know I think got tremendous support. We had uh, the chairs of the regulators speak. We had a lot of very good and uh, I think very impactful uh, meetings around the summit, and um, we brought Dame Susan Rice over from the UK, uh, and she was incredibly impressive. Uh, I think uh, you know everyone that uh, you know heard her speak or joined us in meetings with Dame Susan Rice, uh, you know, was very impressed that here was someone who had come from the industry, who had been the chief executive of a bank and a director who had just decided that things needed to change, took a huge amount of uh, personal responsibility and, uh, you know, used her influence to uh, have a dramatic impact uh, in the UK and continues to do so. Uh, Dame Susan Rice is still very much involved in financial services, and she's now the chair of the Financial Services Culture Board. Uh, one thing she realised always that 
you know, fundamentally, this is about culture. It's not about uh, just knowledge. It's not about following rules. It's not about compliance. You know, it's not a procedural thing. It, it's actually a cultural thing. It, it's about how we see ourselves, how we see our responsibilities, um, and the culture of the industry. And she understood that from the, uh, you know, sort of very uh, as the, the, the GFC and, and, and onwards, uh, and played such a major role in restoring the reputation of financial services uh, post that. And um, it certainly highlighted for me the importance of leadership. And, and in that regard, uh, you know, there are many. Uh, great supporters that we've had in Finzia, uh, leaders across the industry that I'm immensely grateful to that have really made a huge difference to uh, Finzia and the success we've been able to generate. I'm going to round it up quite soon. Um, I think we would be speaking all day long if we were to go over everything. I think uh, the conversations we've had, you uh, have said you're going to be staying as a member of Finzia and um, turning up and um, asking the questions. Uh, what, what you know? What do you think the Finci needs to do uh, going forward? And what are you you know without uh, trying to dictate from the from the, from the back seats? Um, you know, just looking forward as a, as a member yourself. What um, you know? What would you say? Certainly, I am absolutely committed to staying as a member and an active member uh, of Finzia. Um, obviously, with the new CEO coming in, uh, you know, strategy we reviewed and. Uh, you know, there will be changes, and that's a great thing. I think uh, uh, all you can do with an organisation is hope to leave it in a better place uh, and in a good place for someone else to pick up and take it on to the next stage. So uh, I know that that will occur. Um, but uh, um, I, I think very much, as I said, the expansion more broadly into uh, the security space, but also uh, I think this focus on culture and industry culture and really working with industry bodies, the institutions, the regulators, Finzio, I think, plays a crucial role in the ecosystem. And I would say five, six years ago, it wasn't even accepted necessarily that Finzio was part of the ecosystem. I think that's changed. I think there was a, a greater acceptance of the role that an organisation like Finzio plays and the vital role that we can play. Um, and one only needs to look to other jurisdictions in terms of uh, the benefits that have accrued. So um, I think it's very much yet yeah, that focus on you know, how do we impact on the culture? How do we work with all of those other stakeholders and connect those stakeholders? You know, how do we bridge the gap between uh, institutions that are very concerned about the compliance with the law and uh, legislators and regulators who are concerned to see the industry take responsibility and uh, uh, an element of co-regulation? Okay, well, um, I will round it off now because um, eventually the regulators, which we know is uh, one of those events that's coming up. Um, unless there's anything else, I think uh, let's say um, look forward to hearing from you. What are the events uh, in in the next few months? Um, thank you very much, Chris. Right, thank you very much indeed for the uh, chance to talk to you, Lewis. Mm-hmm.